All right, our basketball beat writer, Scott Ritchie, has Illinois really high in his preseason AP Top 25 poll at number five. Not many other people have Illinois ranked so high, but now what do I hear from Richie after watching practice? He might have had him too low to start the season. Or at least right where they need to be. Because there's talent at the top with Kofi Cobra and Andre Curbelo. And there may be more depth than Illinois has had in a long time. This team could be good. This is the good news we needed after a rough homecoming football weekend. Richie will spill the beans why he thinks Illinois is even better than he thought they were in this week's podcast, Inside the Line on Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone. Basketball is officially back. I can finally say that. I know it's been back for a while, Scott Ritchie. Don't give me that look. But I've seen video evidence, News Gazette video evidence of an actual practice taking place at State Farm Center. Yeah, I, and I saw it with my own two eyes. So, oh, aren't you fancy? I am. Uh, I wasn't the only one there. There's several hundred Illinois fans that turned up for that open practice. Um, let's say the excitement is it's pretty high for for fans to show up for I mean there was a good amount of you know before they even touched a basketball it was just Adam Fletcher running them through their warm-ups some stretching people clapping yeah they were they were happy to be there <laughs> I'm Jim Rosso vice president of news at the News Gazette beat writer for an elite eight run back in the day that's Scott Ritchie the hardest working man we got in our building covering football. He's covering volleyball. He's covering basketball. That's what we're going to cover moving forward. Is that all right, Scott Ritchie? On inside Illini basketball? Sure. I think that's probably. There you are getting a the smart alecky again. <laughs> Richie Sometimes will, I can't help it. <laughs> Richie is about to shift into an even higher gear with the, um, the coming of the AP Top 25 this week. Maybe later. This week it comes out. We don't know. Your ballot's due pretty soon. Well, my ballot is due the 14th, so I, I think that's, what, Thursday? And then I would imagine the top 25 and the preseason All-American team for the AP will come out in the beginning of next week. All right. I uh, hope you picked up your print edition of your Sunday weekend news gazette. You could see what Richie's top 25 is going to look like. He had Illinois at 5. Yeah, that's higher than I think everyone maybe else in the country. So, Ahead of Kentucky, ahead of Purdue, ahead of Michigan, ahead of Baylor, ahead of Villanova. You seem to be a Villanova homer. Why do I think that? I mean, it just 
because they're always good, so they like they almost always have to be in the top ten. Um, yeah, that's just Jay Wright's got a good thing going there, but I don't know ahead of them, and I felt validated by where I ranked Illinois after watching Saturday's practice. I mean, it's just I get, I get it's a practice, but the team looked good. Hmm. And I think everyone else that is you know doing you know preseason rankings. Is putting a lot of stock in the fact that Iota Sumu is now playing for the Chicago Bulls and playing well, um, actually, and that that's going to be you know some huge hurdle for this Illinois team to overcome. And I mean, there are things that Illinois will have to figure out how to replace that Io did, but I think they have the players to do it. And you know, this team has some I think legitimate depth and some legitimate talent at the top with Kofi Coburn returning and Andre Corbello returning and Trent Frazier returning and a lot of returning players that have been only you know, buoyed by guys like Alfonso Plummer and Omar Payne and Luke Goody, who was probably looked the best of the three freshmen on Saturday. Luke Goody did. That could be the guy. I mean, I don't know that any of the freshmen are going to play a ton this year, uh, but if there's one that I expect to see out there first, I think it's Luke Goody. He shot the cover off the ball on Saturday in practice. And like just from a physical standpoint, he's I think closer to being you know, ready to maybe handle the Big Ten than Brandon Pajemski or R.J. Melendez. And he just he made fewer mistakes on Saturday. That could have been just his best day in one day, but uh, I put him at the top of the, the freshman list. All right, it was Saturday at State Farm Center before the awful football game. So it was the highlight of the the day. Um, what else stood out? You, you said you were impressed. You said maybe they should be ranked higher than five. Something must have gone right. Well, no, I think five's perfectly fine, and that's higher than again I, maybe everyone. Um, yeah, I mentioned the other two transfers. Like Alfonso Plummer is exactly what I thought he might be. Like I, may, I don't know if I've seen a guy able to get off his shot as quickly as Alfonso Plummer does, and just you know, he can. You know, come off of a screen and catch and shoot, and it's almost all just one fluid mo- movement. Um, Omar Payne at six ten uh, just moves really well, and you know, I've I've heard Brett Underwood talk about you know how athletic Omar Payne is, but until you see it in person, you don't really. I couldn't say for sure, but his lateral quickness is pretty impressive, and that's the reason I think you know. Brett Underwood wants to play Omar Payne and Kofi Coburn together, and Omar Payne's ability to move defensively and guard multiple positions is the reason like that pairing might actually work when the Kofi Georgia Pashanashvili duo maybe didn't quite as much. All right, plenty of recruits did I see at the uh, open practice as well? Yeah, there was a, I mean, a handful, but I mean the one. The, the most notable one, of course, was J.J. Taylor, class of 2023, five-star recruit out of Kenwood. Mm. The one guy in the crowd that could have like gone out on the court and hung and, with the guys that were playing. like He's he's pretty close to being college-ready right now, and he's still got two more years of high school. Just a really intriguing prospect, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, really long. I mean, there's been a lot of maybe like Kevin Durant comparisons thrown around and I mean, I understand that because he's this long, rangy wing, kind of skinny. Um, Kevin Durant was special in his one year at Texas. Um, we'll see if J.J. Taylor can 
could get to that, but um, getting him on campus, that's a pretty big deal. All right, so what did he do on a Saturday morning? Did he sit on the bench? He Is sat, he given better seats than you? Well, yeah. He sat uh, across from the bench in the front row on the court. Okay. Um, which those seats were reserved for. They, there was a couple other of his Kenwood teammates there, and I, then I think some maybe special friends of the program that got the, the good seats on the, the court level. Not, not that Scott I was... Ritchie. Not Scott Ritchie. Though. I'll say not that I was all that far from the court, but I, I, I sat up a little bit um, on the court level just so I could see things a little better. All right, there is video at newsgazette.com. Anthony Zillis uh, stopped by, shot a little uh, uh, photos of... Uh, Kofi Coburn dunking a lot. He right? did dunk a lot. Player stretching, scintillating video. Well, uh, they extended the the window of <laughs> what what the photographers and videographers could shoot because the first, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes was stretching and other calisthenic-esque mm-hmm. you know, work. So not the most... Maybe video friendly. Okay. A uh, hundred teams in Sunday's news. UCLA Scott's number one. Gonzaga number two without their coach for the opener. Understand? Yeah, and the well, I think they played two exhibition games, but uh, they don't really play a good team in the opener. And then Mark Few will be back when Gonzaga hosts Texas in their second game. So uh, there's a reason I think he only got the two exhibitions plus one regular season suspension for his DUI. Because um, Texas, uh, number three. Yeah, that's crazy. You, you're wrong. You and your Chris Beard infatuation, I don't get it. He's a really good coach. Because he scares you. He yells. I think if that was a something that bothered me that I couldn't rank a ton of teams. Um, when has Texas ever met expectations? This ain't the year. Well, I mean, you make a point. Because, you know, they were always good, but not as good as everyone thought they would be under Rick Barnes. The Shaka Smart era was, yeah. Take me to the Lance Blanks era. <laughs> All right, everyone, Google Lance Blanks. <laughs> Just pause the podcast for a second and figure out who Jim's talking about. No, it's, I mean, Chris Beard took Texas Tech to the, what, Final Four? Championship National game, Championship game. Believe. All right, um, so you're you're saying he'll make that big of a difference? Yeah, well, and then like he just totally rebuilt the roster this offseason. Okay. Just a slew of transfers. I mean, a, seven how, transfers. I I find it hard to believe that a, a team can gel like that. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you think about it, these and these guys are so used to at this point changing high school teams, changing AAU programs. It's a lot of movement before they ever get to college and maybe transfer. Uh, so I, I don't know that that's as much of an issue as maybe it used to be it's just because it's so common. Like, they're just used to playing with different different guys all the time. All right, Richie was in Indi- Indianapolis last week. Uh, how did uh, Curbelo and Kofi handle the, the questionnaires? Good? Yeah, I mean, like they were picked – for a reason, one being the fact that they're arguably the best two players on the team, but also you take guys that are maybe are used to answering questions. And you know, Andre Carbello hasn't met a question he couldn't answer uh, extensively. He's 
he gives you a lot of detail. Um, yeah, those two are fine. Uh, the, the setup was uh, not great, you know, for you know, the event. They had a bunch of you know, tables set up for players and coaches on the floor at not Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Gainbridge. There we go. I had to think of the new name. Um, and, you know, Andre Cabello and Kofi Coburn were at the same table. Like, there was some physical distance between them and us, although I assume, like, everyone was vaccinated probably, but it just uh, wasn't great. Not the typical media day, but to be in person again at least was was nice. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you get over yourself and, and well, yeah, really kind of maybe take a get tough pill. Oh, I okay. have a bottle on my desk. I have, I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, it's just... It used to be like he could just sit around the table mm-hmm. with them and you could maybe get a little more just to tell better stories because they're maybe more comfortable as opposed to standing six feet away lobbing questions at them. All right. Andre Cabello on Friday spent some quality time at the Boys and Girls Club here in Champaign. Great to see. We got some photos online of that. I was told he waived his fee because of uh, his past experiences with the boys and girls club out east yeah you, you were told that last week on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i knew i heard it somewhere yeah no that was, that was I mean, that's obviously a you know a good thing that he did there but yeah that's the the maybe the flip side of nil is it's not all just let's go turn a profit for ourselves hunter dickinson had some interesting comments yeah i mean to call s- illinois fans annoying I'm sure they'll take that well. I, I honestly cannot wait till Michigan comes to Champaign for that game because fans, you know, I think will be in the arena. And you know, the way that the Orange Crush has maybe prepared for, let's say, Fran McCaffrey with some special signs uh, <laughs> and posters in the crowd, I have a feeling there might be something in the works for Hunter Dickinson. I love it. First, that'd be his first game in Champaign. Not a I fan, think, apparently. I think as a fan or a coach, I think they would actually like the attention and maybe motivated by it. Maybe that's the plan. Just pay no attention to him. Treat him like a 12th player on the roster. You're saying that's not going to happen. No. no. I mean, it just it won't. It's, it's an interesting rivalry between... Illinois and Michigan the last, really like the last dating like six years ago because, you know, Illinois in the John Gross era beat Michigan in Champaign. Maverick Morgan hmm. said that, you know, Michigan was a like a white-collar team and not gritty enough for the Big Ten, uh, which they put all over, you know, the proverbial bulletin board for the return game in Ann Arbor later that season. Like literally, I mean, that's one of their assistant coaches hammered that point home, and like they then Michigan won, and they talked about it, and then like they walloped Illinois in that game. I think the score, the final score, was closer than that game. It really was. I think um, Maverick Morgan's statement actually kicked off a Michigan's run of success, the second run of success under Beeline, two Big Ten tournament titles, yeah, a Final Four berth, and then now, thanks, Maverick. And now there's there's Hunter Dickinson, you know, versus the Illinois fan base. And you know, he said like you know, he's cool with Kofi, but not with the Illinois fans. <laughs> and well Hunter, I mean the 
the sentiment is mutual, I'm pretty sure, because I don't think they like you. Oh, that's great. That's a great showmanship, I think. And uh, as some of you guys who were over there said, you like to hear that. It's not the common response, but... Yeah, it's the the real response. I mean, it's not coached and couched and, you know, you're not parsing your words. Hunter Dickinson doesn't like Illinois fans, and he said he doesn't like them. And that's fine. And I, I there needs to be... I wish there was more of that, because... You know, I was just thinking, it's like, who is like Illinois' real rival in the Big Ten? And because, like, I mean, it's not Northwestern. Nope. Um, it's not really Indiana anymore. It just it doesn't have the same feel. I don't think. It, it, it in a strange way, Illinois considered Indiana a rival back in the day, and Indiana kind of looked back at Illinois and said, "No, you're not. Who yeah. are you?" But now it's the other way. You're looking at Indiana. Indiana, who are you? Yeah. So. It, if there could be a little more of this, All right. a little animosity is okay. You know, not liking people is okay. And if it gets you to play harder, play better basketball, I think that's great. All right, what's, uh, here's a tough question for you, Scott Ritchie. Is it the Big Ten better in football or basketball? I know you're, we're, again, looking at your top 100. There's three Big Ten teams in the top 10. You got Ohio State at 16, Michigan State at 26, Indiana at 22. That's a whole bunch of teams in the top 30 at Maryland. You got, Almost the whole conference top thirty. Yet the football, there's you have five in the top ten. Yeah, as of the the new top twenty five yesterday, you know football. I, right now, I think football is a little more top heavy. Um, five in the top ten is great. The bottom of the conference, um, it's not very good. Basketball wise, there's certainly more depth. I think um, now there are some teams that. Okay, there's one team that I think will be really pretty bad this Minnesota. year. Minnesota. It's Minnesota. Penn State, it's, I, don't, I don't think they'll be terrific, but I don't think they'll be as bad as Minnesota. I think Nebraska's going to be better. I think Northwestern could be better. I'm not saying they're going to be like great, but they'll be better than they were last year. And then the rest of the league is pretty competitive. Because um, Wisconsin, you look at the roster and be like, okay, it's Brad Davison. Jonathan Davis, if he has a breakout sophomore year, and then, like, who else? Iowa's got some question marks, but those teams tend to find a way to win. So I, I think top of the Big Ten in football is better. Big Ten top to almost bottom in basketball is better. All right, you sat and listened uh, for many, many hours at Indianapolis, other than the Illinois angles. Give me something that caught your ears. Well, I mean, it opened with Kevin Warren, who, again, said a lot and nothing all at the same time. I mean, you know, filibustered through a pretty lengthy opening statement. Then you know, he, there was a Q&A portion, but he just talked around the questions. He didn't actually, I don't think, he answered any of them. So I, still not maybe putting the best foot forward with the relatively new commissioner. Um some coaches were asked about NIL, and I think their response was a lot like, you know, Brad Underwood has been their su- supporter for the players. They don't really want to have anything to do with it, you know, but that you know, it's it's certainly a big part of the job now. And you know, Brad Underwood has talked about that. Just It's in every conversation about recruiting. Um, 
trying to think what else maybe stood out. Uh, Chris Holtman, uh, Ohio State coach, dropped an everyday guys reference, and I thought you know, Brad Underwood was going to storm the stage and be like, you know, trademark. Um, but yeah, I mean the the podium stuff, you know, just with the the coaches ahead of ahead of maybe the the longer Q and A portions later in the day. It's more made for TV, and you know, I don't know, you get a ton you know out of that. But I think the, the interesting thing was the Big Ten did its men's and women's media days together. I don't know that the women's basketball has had like a standalone media day. They've done um, some teleconference stuff, some online stuff before, but everyone was in Indy, and that was, I think, the one thing that Kevin Warren actually spoke about with some meaning behind it was that, and just to have the same stage and same platform for both men's and women's basketball. All right, Richie's our uh, AP Top 25 voter. It means you have to submit some preseason All-American teams. You said 15 deep yeah, they asked for? No, just five. Just five. Yeah, which and at the end of the season is when they they go 15. Yeah. All right, so you're not going to put Andre Corbello in your top five because in 15 he might crack that? Yeah, and, I mean, I ranked the top 100 players in college basketball. Well, that was like a week ago. Lots changed. Since then, I mean, really, you know, hasn't. But I mean, Cabello was. I think I had him like sixteenth. Maybe I had him fifteenth. So yeah, I mean, he might have been right there. Um, I mean, I think there there are three locks in my opinion. It's Kofi Coburn, Drew right. Timmy from Gonzaga, all right, and Johnny Juzang from UCLA, right. And then I honestly don't know who my other two will be. You're I mean, still weighing your options. Like I have on my top one hundred, like I have Paolo Banchero, the, the Duke freshman nope. fourth. Can't do that. And EJ Liddell fifth. You could do that. I could do that. But there's some interesting players I think in my top fifteen that I would consider just as which would be I mean it's a little different than me. Do you want my help? Is that what you're looking at me that way? That loving look. I'm curious as to what you would say, so yes. Throw me some candidates. I'll yay or nay them. Okay. You're going to nay all of these. I can almost guarantee it. Um, Chet Holmgren. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're out on Chet already. Okay. Oh, well, this one. I know you're going to love this one. Marcus Carr. Oh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a double. That's a nay-nay. Um, everyone's favorite Michigan center. Hunter Dickinson? Yeah, I gotta go nay there. Just, I, I, I'm, he won't make it. Yeah, okay. Because he's arguably the third best big in the conference. Right. Which is still pretty good because Big Ten loaded. I got four so far. I just got one spot to fill, and that's it. You can't put the Duke freshman in there. I could, though. He but might you, be really good. I, I don't going. think I will. Uh, Remy Martin, former Arizona State guard, now playing at Kansas. Who? I don't see. Yeah. This is a reminder that Jim's one season covering college basketball came. <laughs> In 2000 slash 2001. Yes. Two decades ago. Hashtag facts. A lot of these guys weren't born. Um, Colin Gillespie, Villanova point guard. No. He's coming off an injury. Right. So it's tough to think he Right. And the, the one guy I'm, I'm tempted to include is St. John's 
Julian Champagne. Let's go back to that Duke freshman. Maybe he is. <laughs> no, maybe I, he is your fifth pick. I think he he could be <laughs> really good. And there's some mock drafts that already have him supplanting Chet Holmgren as the number one pick. That Chet Holmgren uh, that will make me watch Gonzaga. I'm just so curious to see what a string bean like that can do at the college level, much less the pro level. You know, he dominated the high school level. He has. He's not your ordinary string bean, but boy, is he frail-looking. Yeah, and I think he'd, you almost have to just get around what he looks like mm-hmm. because it's like, how could he be as good as he is? But he is really good. And the fact that he went, where'd they go, to Latvia for the U19 World Cup and you know led the U.S. to the gold medal, you know, played against some of the international bigs that are going to be in I think the 2022 draft and more than held his own, especially France has a really intriguing big man, you know, at that at age level. And you know, Chet did all right, but he is he's maybe the most unique player in college basketball this year, just because he is seven foot, he weighs 195 pounds, but he can run the fast break and then also protect the rim. And that's just a strange but very intriguing combination. So maybe it's Chet on my preseason All-American team. Hey, you mentioned Io's uh, strong preseason. Fill me in. Well, he's getting a little more opportunity right now because the Bulls have some injuries to guys that, you know, in theory would have been in the rotation. And I think the one that's sort of you know, open the door for Io to get more time is you know Kobe White it had off season shoulder surgery, so there's some been some playing time in the the Bulls backcourt and Io's filled it like against uh, in the win just recently against Cleveland. You know he made two huge buckets late in the game, including one over seven five center Taco Fall. Uh, who I've seen in person, he's a giant human being. Um, and the fact that I've you know, read several things written by you know, Bulls reporters, uh, especially Casey Johnson, like DeMar DeRozan can't say enough good things about Iowa right now, and you don't typically hear veterans talk about second-round draft picks like that. So I think that, that bodes well maybe for Iowa, especially as you know, those injuries kind of linger. Like he can maybe get some run. You know, early in the season, and if he plays well when the regular season starts, maybe that forestalls what everyone sort of assumed was going to be a a move to the Windy City Bulls in the G League. Just after, you know, they added Lonzo Ball and Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso, and sort of filled up the backcourt with veterans that you would have thought kind of limited Io's chances. But and now it's I think more of a question like he could at least early still be in the. The Bulls rotation, which is huge. Disappointing draft night for most of all. The Bulls kind of rescued it by picking their hometown kid, but he fell farther than most of us thought. Yeah, what, 38? Um, But I'm looking ahead to next year, Richie. Okay. Where are the Illinois players going to wind up in, in your 2022 NBA draft? Is Kofi a first rounder yet? I mean, based on... Is Curbelo going to... 
Based on the projections right now, Kofi's not a first rounder. How does that change? I don't understand. Well, here's there's I think several things going against him. One, the NBA doesn't have a lot of guys that look like him anymore. You know, these pure centers that are just physically dominant. I think maybe what gives him hope, especially because the fact that he is going to be older than you know what the NBA teams are typically looking for in the draft, which is like eighteen to nineteen year olds, is the fact that was two drafts ago now, Udoka Azubuke got selected at the end of the first round out of Kansas and he was a traditional center. Much better defender than Kofi and that's why I think he got picked by the Jazz and the Jazz also use centers like real centers maybe more than than other teams do. So I think that gives him hope but and Kofi has to show that he can make some 15 to 17 foot jump shots. Show that he can be a willing and able passer out of the post, which um, I think he's able. He just certainly wasn't willing last year. He had five assists. And with the number of shooters around him this year, like there's double team Kofi and you don't, and it's not a guarantee that you can score. There's going to be somebody open that you should pass the ball to. So I think if he can show those things, that it's going to improve his stock, but it's not a guarantee. Right now, though, Andre Cabello is getting some first-round projections. And the big thing for him is going to be limiting turnovers and then shooting better than 16% from three-point range. Based off of Saturday's practice, I get his practice, you should be making your shots, and he did. So I think you know, that, that problem you know, could, be, could be solved, and it might be two and done. For Curbelo and Champagne, which is, on one hand is, you know, good. You know, the program can show that the sending guys to the NBA on a more regular basis, you'll keep getting players of that caliber. But also, uh, you know, I'm sure fans would like to see him stick around a little longer. Hey, interesting stuff from uh, Brad Underwood at the Esquire last week. He's gonna run. He's gonna wear the sweatsuits. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not the sweatsuits, but he's not going to wear the suit and tie. I like that. Yeah, I think coaches will be in like khakis and polos again, like they were last year. And there might, I think Jay Wright might be the only coach in America that's like, let's go back to suits because he best dressed guy in college basketball, and there's not even a competition. Everybody else, I think, is fine with going a little more uh, casual and low key. All right, big week for uh, Scott Ritchie. Doesn't have to cover Illinois football after that uh, kind of disastrous homecoming game. Great to see Mary Henson and Deion Thomas in the parade, though. That was the highlight of the day. So, so all the highlights of the day were basketball related. They were, and tailgating. Tailgating was strong. It was a good crowd and uh, great weather to tip back a few, fire up the grill. Can't beat that. Volleyball mm, kind of lost their momentum after that upset of Purdue. Lost to Purdue in Wisconsin. You're also the volleyball beat writer. Congratulations to Janet Rayfield, one of my favorite coaches. Got introduced to the football game. Yeah, she just... Like wins a lot. She does win a lot. Yeah, it was, good for her. And it's been, I think, I'm trying to think there's anyone that's been at Illinois longer as a coach. The only two that would even come close would be Mike Small and Sue Nowitzki. Yep. So. 
and our junior reporter we cover every home game with a with a grade school kid he you got to pick up tuesday's news gazette because he tore it up he got photos with kofi with whitman with barry alvarez <laughs> he used his press pass to its Sounds fullest like it. i mean i suppose i could have gotten a photo with barry because i saw him in the press box before the game but i typically don't take selfies with you know anyone all right what do we got coming up this week in basketball that's what i was getting to well our month-long and by our i mean my month-long <laughs> Preview of the college basketball season continues on Sunday in our weekend extra section with the top 100 games mm. of the 2021. What's your number one game? season? Is it Michigan Illinois? I think that'll be really close to the top, but I think number one, just for if we're looking at it from a national standpoint, has to be the rematch between Gonzaga and UCLA. Does it? I think it does. It's a great game. Final four rematch. Okay, Bill Walton. Come to the Midwest, buddy. All right. I mean, not only is that a Final Four rematch, but it's also between the two teams that I just ranked number one and number two. You wearing sandals, too, right now during this podcast? I mean, can can I wear sandals at work? The shorts, tank top? I will. I'm looking forward to the time you bring the data to the table again because I'm kind of data-starved, actually. Okay, well, today is October 11th. Okay. Illinois plays its first exhibition game October 23rd, so we are less than yes. two weeks away from maybe having some, some data to crunch. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Scott Rich, anything you want to spill the beans about uh, before I let you off the hook? No, just with no football game this week, um, should have just a – Bit of a bump in basketball coverage. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what uh, Ed Bond's talking about. Tuesday, if you're listening to this on, on Monday when it's released, and I, I assume you are because you, you click on it as soon as it's available. Uh, so Tuesday I'll have a story on Austin Hutcherson, who I think has caught the attention of every Illinois fan, and you know they want him to be really good. And I got a chance to talk with him at Illinois Media Day Um I guess a couple weeks ago now, just about his whole two years at Illinois where he has not played yet. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of interest in him, so we'll have a, a story on him. Excellent. All right, Richie, uh, looking forward to that AP Top 25 when it comes out. We'll either blame you or applaud you, see how close you are. I assume there will be very few applause in the podcast booth. Ed Bond loves you. How about that? All right, we'll talk to you next Monday.